He stopped it. He genuinely just stopped the recording. He started he started the recording. That's why it counted down. It said five and then stopped when he said no. Uh, no, it went to four, stop. three, two, one. Now we're recording. Oh, I didn't see it. I thought he was trying to prove a point. What's I could record, do that, but what's that behind you? I thought you I thought it stopped. I thought it was going to be like, you'll record what I say you'll record. You know, one of those deals. Well, to be fair, I could say that. Hey, Wilt's the power of the record button. And I could also make your voice sound like this. You wouldn't do that to me. He already sounds like that. <laughs> you wouldn't do that to me. But of course he does. <laughs> so just remember. Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? All right, Pate, kick us off. Podcast like a champion today, Pate. Don't screw it up. Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. This is your boy, Chuck. We are excited to talk about some baseball and some softball and who knows what else we'll get into. But before we kick it off, I got to bring in that uh, Easter loving co-host of mine, Mr. Lane Brady. What's up, Lane? Chuck, what's going on, man? What's the Easter Bunny good to you today, man? Yeah, man. Uh, I had a seersucker tie on at church. That's a little out of the norm. Oh, wearing so, a tie to church. That was good. Mason had a he had a little seersucker bow tie on. He looked snazzy. The whole crew looked okay. good, man. Okay. Had Molly all dolled up. We we had a good time. Oh, good man. I'm glad the kids looked like they had a, a blast today. They did. They did. We uh, you know, we went to church and then. After that, we went out to eat and then met up with some friends for a little Easter egg hunt. What y'all so, eat? Had a good time. We ended up going to El Rayo. Okay. El Rayo? I think it's Rayo. I think that's how he pronounces it on the commercial. <laughs> anyway, it's one of our favorites. So we went to El Rayo. It's very good. Um, I got the Cantina skillet. Okay. It's one of my one of my go-tos. So I was, like the steak fajitas. It was solid. Yeah. I've gotten to the point now, I always ask them to put pineapple in with it. It's a nice little splash of flavor. Splash of flavor. Next thing you know, you got pineapple on your pizza. I already do that. I love pineapple, Chuck. Hey, I got a question, by the way. Are you, uh, is the, it's your boy Chuck thing? Is that like your thing? Now? I, you know, I don't notice the last well, few I've episodes. It, like I always say, I need to bring in my co-host Lane Brady, but I never say my name. So I was trying to figure out a way to. I mean, you know, say my name. Hey, it's Chuck. Bring it in Lane. I don't yeah. know. And then, and then I love Don King, and he always says, this is your boy, Don King. 
I was I was about to so, bring up. You might need to check with Don King and get his permission was, before he busts you for copyright. That was my uh, tribute to Don King, the legendary, legendary Don King. There you go. There you go. Well, man, I got us a good guest lined up this week. Do Chuck. you tell us about him? Yeah, man. So if anybody listened to the uh, Cameron Brunny episode, Joel sent in several questions for Cameron. Um, Joel was actually a former coach of mine back in the day. And, uh, um, I'll let him tell you what all he's up to now, but he was actually a former coach of mine. He ran into me at the Pete and said, Hey, love the show. Been listening to it regularly. And I said, well, why don't you come on sometime? And he said, I'd love to tell me when. And so we just kind of lined it up from there, man. It was pretty cool. He expressed that he wanted to come on and here we are. So. Excited to have him on the show. So, Joel, welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much. I'm finally glad to be here. Welcome, Joel. Yeah, I'm, man. I'm sorry that you're associated with this kid, though. <laughs> he definitely feels like a kid to me because I started coaching in like 03. Oh, goodness, man. He was, yeah. I think, in junior high when I started coaching. Yeah. He's known me from way, way back when. That was before I got all messed up. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to say I didn't have anything to do with that. Uh, that's, uh, is that when it started going downhill? <laughs> yeah. When I left Joel, he was, uh, I was still normal when I left Joel, so it wasn't his fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Joel, we like to ask all our guests a few questions. Um, first one being, what makes you an everyday eagle? So when did you become a Southern Miss fan? Why are you an everyday right, eagle? So- Way back before y'all ever thought of, the only thing we could get on the radio as far as sports in Jones County was USM. And John Cox, way back in the day, along with uh, Coach Jim Carmody, started listening to football games and stuff on the radio back then. And I can just vividly remember back in the late 80s and early 90s with Brett Favre going to Florida State and beating them and just all that kind of stuff. So it goes way back for me. Oh yeah, those were that, those were the golden days. I feel like people talk about those days. Yes, and living through the original nasty bunch and all those guys. And then when I finally got to college and went to Southern Miss. Now, funny thing is, as much as I loved USM, I don't. I never went to Hattiesburg until my probably tenth grade year. And then in yeah. '03, when I walked on campus after a hiatus from high school. Uh, Walking on, walking in, and seeing the rock for the first time ever brought a little tear to my eye. Oh yeah, there you go. Where now? Where were you from originally? Jones County. I graduated from West Jones. My dad, my mom, and dad graduated uh, divorced when I was like four. So my dad's from Pearl, lived in Pearl, and I went back to Jones County, lived with my mom. And so I graduated from West Jones. I played my tenth grade football year at Pearl High School. So I'm a Mustang and a pirate. Stay away from that so-so area. Y'all be fine, huh? Hey, be careful. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Tread lightly on so-so. I was Shady Grove, but yeah. yeah. The Shady Grove. Sharing Tigers. Come on, man. Yeah. But, uh, all right. So the next one then is, uh, what's your favorite Southern Miss moment? Far of coming in and, and just beating Florida State. As far as back in the day type deal. Uh, recently, I would say recent, gosh, it's been, I think how old I am now, but whenever we played that, uh, 
that Thursday night game on national televised ESPN against Aaron Rodgers. That was fun, man. Should have beat him. Should have beat him. If only Luke Johnson was a little bit faster, right? He's never been accused of being a track star, but he's a great dude. <laughs> yeah, we had him on. He told that story one time. It was it was good stuff. Talked about how, you know, talked about like the block and all and seeing it and just trying to run. He said for a minute there, he thought he had him. But there's a reason why that guy plays DB and you yeah, play punter. That's right. You know. So, Joel, tell us what you're doing now, man. What are you up to? What do you do for a living? Where you live now? Well, after a 15 year coaching career or 17 year coaching career, I got into administration, and I am now an assistant principal at Pearl High School. Coached there until 17 football season, 17 track season, 18 won state championship in football, and won the state championship in track. And after that, I got into administration. Now I'm still living in Pearl and trying to play golf, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> uh, I think everybody tries to play golf. I haven't met anybody. You know, I've never met anybody that just said, like, yeah, I'm awesome <laughs> at golf. Everybody's always, <laughs> It's like that's everybody's favorite thing to get disappointed in Exactly. The guys about. that actually are awesome at it, they're on TV, and we'll never talk to them. So. Yeah. yeah. I have I have statistical evidence that I'm bad at golf. Exactly. So many uh many scorecards. So that's right. Uh, that state championship team at Pearl, man that that group was so good, man. Y'all beat us. I was at Oak Grove that year. Y'all thumped us. Y'all, y'all had, were y'all special, had like five man. Or six D one guys that went to yeah major we universities did. playing SEC and stuff and. We had one that got lucky right there at the end, and then he came. He saw the light and became a golden eagle this past football season. But that dude was—he's five foot eight, a bundle of steel and everything else. Tyler Knight is one of the. I'm, yes, that's it, who you're talking about. Definitely. I'm assuming he is one of the best high school football players I've ever coached against. I tell you, and the, the thing is, is on that team, it was a bunch of him. It's just different positions, different players, but they were scrappy and they were yeah. tough. It all clicked, man. Y'all had a special bunch there. So that's cool, man. That's awesome. And glad you got to go back there now. How you like the admin side um, of things? I like where I work. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> it's yeah. not a fun job. So when you get in when you get into admin, you really, really, really gotta like where you work at and the people you work with. Well, good deal. Well, good to have you on the show, Joel. We'll have a good time Absolutely. tonight. Well, I think I heard a knock at the door um, with Mr. Peyton Thagard be there, Mr. Mailman. All right, everybody in the conference room. Yeah, it's conference room time now. Are we going to do this? Is this the conference room segment <laughs> so. from now on? Might as well be. I'm okay with well, it. Well, the soundboard says it so. Well, Peyton, do we have any mailbag questions? We do. We actually have a couple uh, of questions. The first one comes from Andrew Nida, and he asked, I know that you guys also watch uh, Major League Baseball. What do y'all make of the new rules this year, specifically the pitch clock and the shifting rule? I, I'm actually very curious to hear Chuck's take well, on this. Well, I am 100% okay with banning the shift. I think um, I've never been a big fan of the shift. Like, I get it. 
and I get, you know, you know, you want to play to your, your defense's strengths, but, you know, uh, I think it was Cody Bellinger hit a walk off, um, for the Chicago Cubs. And he said, man, it's good to have hits be hits again because the shift is gone. So it, it, I think it's going to add something. Now, as far as the pitch clock, I think it's more dangerous than beneficial, in my opinion. Um, just look at, I mean, even in the college level, I mean, you just look how many uh, hit-by-pitches there have been. Uh, it's just been insane. So I, I, I'm not a huge – I think they should – if they were going to have a pitch clock, I think they need to add a few more seconds to it. And was it Shohan Tony that, uh, you know – Got a, a pitch clock violation as a pitcher and as a batter on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah. He did. So the shift thing, I don't know, man. That's for me, the thing that made base or makes baseball so great is the games within the game. Mm-hmm. And if you see everybody shift to one side, I mean, you're a major league hitter. Figure it out. You know, I mean, that's that's just me, though. But I like I don't like the pitch clock thing. Don't mess with baseball. They didn't talk about cutting the commercial breaks any. Mm, well, know, so, that's also but true. For me, it's always been about, even when I played and when I coached, it was always about the games within the game, such as trying to steal signs and trying to, you know, outsmart your guys or whatever, you know. But for me, it's the game within the game that makes baseball so great. Hey, go ahead and share your opinion on the matter. Uh, I can't, uh, disagree with Chuck. I just, I wish the pitch clock had a little bit more time left on it and fairly same on the shifting rule. That's just kind of how I see it. You know, what is it? The, uh, in the MLB, isn't it, uh, 15 seconds, no, no runners on and then 20 seconds with runners on. Is that right? Uh, I, I don't know the exact right. rule it on right. it. I just know they've enforced I, I, the clock. I'm pretty sure that's the for the. I don't NCAA. know the time on it. I know if they, you know, if they're wrong, if if the pitcher's the one who calls the delay, it's a ball. If the batter's the one who calls the delay, it's a strike. Right, right. I do know that. I'm sure I'm going to get a text from Dirty this week saying, "Man, you got it all wrong." So, but yeah, that's just kind of how I see it. Well, I'll tell you, man. My opinion on this is. Honestly, what I think baseball is trying to do is I think they're trying to make it more entertaining to pull in fans that are not interested. <laughs> and I don't like if you're a baseball fan, you're a baseball fan. You watch the game. Speeding up the game is not going to change that. Um, I think they tried to create a more offensive environment because it's not just a pitch clock and a shift rule they've changed. They've also made the bags bigger. Right, and they've right. also put a limit on how many times a pitcher can throw a pickoff move over to first. And you saw that the first the first runner of the year this year was Ronald Acuna, like literally the first runner of the year in Major League Baseball this year was Ronald Acuna was on first base, and they threw two pickoff moves. And right after the second one, he looked at his coach and you know held up a number two, like, "Hey, that's two, right?" They said, "Yeah." He took off running on the first move of the pitcher, like way early, got a super aggressive lead and took off because the rule is if a pitcher picks off three times unsuccessfully, the batter gets the bag. Like it's a free base. And so he wasn't going to pick him yeah. off a third time. I think so it's a, he just takes off a and steals the bag. That third time. 
Yeah, yeah, right, it's a ball, right. and he gets the bag anyway. So Acuna just took off early, you know. And so what you've seen is you've seen several changes be made, and I think something's up with the ball too, uh, because you see several changes be made, and all the changes are to increase offense. There haven't been a single one to keep runs off the board. Pitchers have to be frustrated about it. Uh, but there hadn't really been any of them to just in- increase pitching. It's all, let's find a way to make this game more fun, more exciting, more fast. And to me, your true baseball fans you had, you're not going to, you're not going to gain more true baseball fans. You're just going to irritate the old ones that are there because we're going to see stupid stuff like games end on a called strike three because the batter took too long. You know, I think all you're risking is making people mad. But so I don't like it. I don't like any of it because I think it's just a move to try to appease people who aren't baseball fans. I got from that was it's kind of like wrestling. When WrestleMania comes around, they get Logan Paul and all these celebrities try to get non-wrestling fans to watch it. So if you're going to make it more interesting, then why don't we have two innings per Major League Baseball game if you're trying to bring in non-baseball fans and let them play banana ball like Savannah Bananas. That'll bring them in. Yeah, do some. Yeah, I mean, that's the point of Savannah Bananas. They do that. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just think, you have you have a good thing here with baseball. It's still America's pastime. People are so worried about why is baseball done. How about get rid of blackouts so Thank we can you. watch our local teams? A great There's idea. an idea, right? So why, why do people not watch baseball anymore? Because we right. can't watch the teams we like because you blacked them out. You know, like that's, that's just my thing. I think they went about it all wrong. You don't have to change the game, change the way – something's presented and make it easier for people to watch and go to games. Um, I think there was a better way to do it other than changing the rules. Cause if you look at it, Andrew, statistically speaking, like I listen to a baseball podcast every morning. That's where a lot of this info I'm getting is coming from. And statistically speaking, guys, steals and home runs are way up right now than they have been the last few years. They are way like week one steals and home runs were like, I want to say home runs were like twice what they were last year. And steals were like three to four times what they were last year at this point in the year. So it's been a very big offensive environment. We've seen good pitchers get absolutely demolished to start this season like a guy like chris sale has been getting shelled every game he's pitched in that doesn't happen you know um it's just interesting man it's different I'm, i don't like it i think you i don't think there should be a rule that tells you how where you can play your defense in any sport you know if i want to line up all nine dudes in the infield i should have the ability to do so you know you don't like it, My hit around it. Too. But, yeah, that's where I'm at on it. All right. Awesome. All right, and so we've also got a second question. This one actually comes from Little Debbie. I mean, excuse me, King Brady. Um, And, of course, King Brady asked, what is your favorite and least favorite Easter candy? I had to ask a question about he, candy today because it's yes. Easter, guys. It's Sunday. It it's is. Easter Sunday. 
Yes, indeed. I wanted to ask about candy. This gives me a chance to dunk on peeps. So that's why <laughs> Amen. I asked you. Amen. Can I go first since I've already got the ball rolling here? Sure, why not? So my favorite candy, Easter-themed candy, is Reese's Eggs. And I don't know, somebody told, like, I've been told that might be a cheating answer because Reese's are technically at any time candy. They're just cut in the shape of an egg. But I think they taste better. Yep, still taste better either way. They don't get stuck to the wrapper. So you get a better, like, chocolate distribution throughout the entire Reese because you're not losing it on the little paper that the normal Reese's come on. Does that make sense? Yes, I completely thinker, agree with that. I'm a thinker, Pate. I've been putting thought into this. Uh, I think that's the secret behind the Reese's eggs, why they taste so much better, and the Christmas trees, for that matter. Um, and the pumpkins, yeah. Yeah. All of them. All of them. Uh, so, yeah, that would be my favorite Easter candy. Uh, I hope I did. I hope little Debbie doesn't think I'm cheating on her right now by not throwing a little Debbie cake out there for that answer. But it's the Reese's eggs. Um, my least favorite is Peeps. I will tell you, I'm not a huge marshmallow by itself person. I like a s'more. I like a good s'more, but I don't like just straight marshmallow. And then you add the marshmallow and the sugar on top. It's just like a sugar rush and still marshmallow. Not a fan. So I don't like peeps. Well said. Well said. Chuck, what about you? Uh, uh, So I'm a big fan of the Cadbury eggs. You know, that chocolate with the really good caramel inside, uh, either shaped like a bunny or an egg. Yes. And and you got to love the commercials Mm -hmm. around Easter with Cadbury. my least favorite is anything with coconut. I just, I can't do coconut. I don't know why. I just, ugh, not a coconut mm-hmm. fan. Yeah, I I really can't disagree with you there either. I, Peeps, uh, probably the most, I mean, can you really call it overrated? I mean, in, in my opinion, I just can't stand Peeps whatsoever. And I do love Reese's. I mean, that's kind of my go-to chocolate um, if I had to pick anything. But I would definitely say Easter, specifically Easter, it'd have to be Cadbury cream eggs. And, and sure. I'm not knocking, if, if y'all, anybody on this podcast did this, anybody listening did this, I apologize. I'm only making fun of you a little bit. But everybody does that play on, on words on Facebook. Like They'll post their pictures and be like, Easter with my favorite peeps. <laughs> i can't stand that <laughs> i can't Is literally that that's like every like i've seen at least four or that. five of those on my facebook feed today alone so i'm just <laughs> i missed that i didn't know that was a thing <laughs> you didn't know <laughs> no that's clever like, though seriously like instagram like facebook everybody does that I don't like the candy, but I approve of the word. So the Reese's eggs, mm. the Reese's eggs I'm are really good. Joke. There's something special ingredient in there that's not in a regular Reese's cup. But I have to Amen. give mine to Amen. the uh, the Whopper eggs. Oh yeah! And then my wife had some decorations out, and she had some little wooden eggs that kind of looked like those Whopper eggs. And I reached to grab. She said, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm fixing to eat this Whopper egg." She said, "That's not a Whopper egg." <laughs> 
Dang, well, she look, it was so bad that she just, yeah, she just put them up. She said, I'll <laughs> just put these away. I said, please do, because I am going to try one if you keep them out. That would have been hilarious. You took a big old bite <laughs> or try to. And, of course, well, the peeps are to. awful. So I love, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I love Whoppers, like the, the candy stuff, just the malted part of I like malt stuff, like. I'll go to Dairy Queen and just order a malt instead of like a fancy whatever they do. I'm a big malt guy, so that's a good answer. I respect that, Joel. And Joel, what do you think of my theory about the chocolate not coming off the bottom because of the paper? Do you think that's the secret behind See, the Reese eggs? Coming Is that off a little bit because then you get that extra. You get to scrape it off of there with your teeth and your tongue. You know. Yeah, yeah. I guess I've never thought about it like that. It, the inconvenience might be me. worth it. Gotcha. Well, well, fellas, that's all the questions that we've got for this week. Uh, folks, please continue to send those in. We would love to answer your questions here on the show. Feel free to reach out to us anytime on Facebook or Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles, or you can just simply email us at Everyday Eagles Podcast at gmail.com. Please keep the questions coming. We love answering them every week on the show. Absolutely. Thank you, Pete. Well, thank you, guys. Well, boys, y'all ready to dive into some Golden Eagle athletics? Yes, sir. All right. Let's fire up the Holy Cow segment. Holy cow! Chuck. What Golden Eagle this past week made you say, holy cow? Well, I, I think I join the rest of Eagle Nation in saying holy cow to this player. Um, you know, we were in a group chat uh, Saturday, and we all joked with Katie about she needed to ask us that question again about who we wanted to be at second base. And so my holy cow player is I'm going to give it to the obvious choice, in my opinion, one of one of the three top obvious choices. Mr. Nick Montessaire did unbelievable at second base, I think, for his first collegiate start out there. You know, his first at bat, collegiate at bat was a triple. I mean, just ridiculous job. So uh, we'll see if it continues. Nick definitely was knocking the cover off the ball. Yeah, man, Nick. uh, And, guys, we shouldn't be surprised, I think, because I think when we got Nick – in my in my mind, he was going to be a second baseman. I think the addition of Gabe Lacey kind of helped keep him as a pitcher only, but I thought he was a true rare talent that could be a two-way guy. Um, and guys, it's rare to really have a two-way guy who can do that. You know, when you think about it, the one that comes to mind for me in the gold standard would be Taylor Braley. Or Josh As a two-way Fields, player, I think, was really, really a good. Pitcher. As a pitcher, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I think of Taylor Braley, and then the next one I think uh. of is Bradley Roney. And the reason why I think of those two is because they were true two-way players. Like, they did both, <laughs> and they did both well. Um, a lot of times we'll get these two-way players, and I put that in quotes, because, you know, they'll come in and – They'll be a true hitter and just throw five total innings their whole career, and they were a two-way guy. You know, I think that happened with Walner. He threw a few innings early on in his career and then ended up just being a hitter only by the end of it. 
Uh, we see that kind of with Dickerson. They've used him here and there, but not often. But I think it's really hard. And again, I didn't play college baseball, didn't really play at a high level of baseball. Joel would probably know better than I do as a coach. But I think it's really, really hard to be successful at both. It's just a totally different mindset. I'll tell you one I think we have that would be a great two-way player, and that's Jackson Parker. Yeah. Yeah. Because he can forevermore <laughs> knock the baseball out. And then on the mound, he's he was lights out. You know, high school and D1 is totally different. But when he was on the mound in high school, he, you could just tell he didn't belong there. Like, he was just so much better than everybody else. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it's tough. And I think when we brought Nick in, we thought he could be either a second baseman or a pitcher. That was a big question is what are they going to do with him? And obviously they went the pitcher route early on, tried to make him a pitcher only, it seemed like, at the start. Um, I think that's just because, you know, he's a freshman. Let's ease him in here and let him get comfortable. Uh, right now he's throwing, his ERA is 4.7. Um, he has eight appearances out of the bullpen, or they're all out of the bullpen. And seven innings pitched. Or in 7.2 innings pitched, he has 10 Ks. So he's been good out of the pen. He's had flashes where he's looked great out of the pen. But then, man, like you said, Chuck, you fast forward to this past weekend and the kid comes in in one game and uh, he goes two for four with a run scored, hits a triple, uh, four total bases, slugging percentage of 1,000. The kid looks like he definitely belongs in the heart of the lineup and so i mean he was 6a player of the year yeah i mean we knew he was a special talent coming in you just didn't know how they were going to use him and i don't know man my question is do we have our next bradley roney taylor braley type guy who can truly do both you know it's definitely going to be fun to watch like Joel said, I could see Jackson Parker turning into that guy. I think I think they're kind of giving him a year here to get his feet wet, but I could see Jackson Parker turning into that guy too. He was a special talent from a smaller school, but a special talent for sure. So we we've had some good ones come in, guys, who can do both. We'll see. Maybe we got the future Taylor Braley's, Bradley Roney's on the way through. So Jackson Parker's mom was a heck of an athlete at West Jones and Jones Junior College. Yeah. Oh, that's good info. I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Joel, what player made you say holy cow over the past week? Lynch mob, Danny Lynch, going to almost 500 or above for the weekend series. I thought he did really well this this past weekend. We had a Danny double, Pate. I know Pate's hearing me right now. Pate, jump back in and say Danny Doubles. It's your favorite thing. Who said it was my favorite? It is your favorite. I know it is. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that. The Danny <laughs> Doubles, baby. So, yeah, man, looking at this thing, Danny, he had a home run over the weekend, like you mentioned. Had a great weekend. Had two Danny Doubles. Man, that's like next universe stuff. and. Yeah, just overall a great weekend for him. So their announcers seem pretty enamored with him, too, talking about him the whole time. <laughs> Here's the hottest player on the team right now, you know. So Hot 
damn. Yeah, exactly. It's so uh, it was it was good though. It was exciting to watch that out of Danny. Chuck, thoughts on Danny this weekend? Hey, it's good to see Danny doubles back. Uh that that uh was it a three run home run, Jack? Two run home run, you know. Um lit a fire under the guys. It it was good to see Danny back and I think I think once we get Danny and Sarge back, it's just gonna be I mean, I think this seems gonna be good. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh I guess that leaves me here for the holy cow segment. And I'm again gonna jump to another sport, guys. I feel like I talked about track. I think I did last week, but I'm gonna go back to them this week because guys, we had a meet record we set in Baton Rouge, guys. We set a new meet record in Baton Rouge. So um Carlin Bell, the senior uh, in the three thousand meter run, that's a lot of meters, Chuck. In the mm, three, it's a lot of meters. Oh. In the in the three thousand meter run this past weekend in uh Baton Rouge, Carlin Bell, senior Golden Eagle, broke a meet record. So super exciting there. Uh, good job, Carlin. Good job, track team. That's awesome. Want to throw out another one too. Um, I'm gonna pull a Chuck here and bend the rules because I can. Uh, <laughs> hey Chuck. Uh, Tanner Hall this past week, his performance definitely deserves mentioning. Seven point two innings pitched of one run ball with seven strikeouts. Big night for him. Tanner Hall's exactly. He certainly looks like he's back to the Tanner Hall we expect and 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 we saw play a lot last year. So that's that's exciting. And two, you got to give a shout out to Billy Oldham, you know, coming in will 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 be our assuming Sunday starter, maybe Saturday now with what's going on with Matt Adams, um, praying for speedy recovery on him. We don't know the full extent of that. We don't know if it's day to day or if he's out for the season. Um, as soon as we know something, we'll definitely let y'all know, but, uh, definitely be praying for Matt. And so shout out to Billy for, you know, stepping up and he had a pretty decent game. Um, you know, they got to him there. What was about the fifth, sixth inning. Um, but but I thought otherwise a strong showing. Oh, yeah, strong showing all around. Um, definitely hope he's better. I don't know. I guess we'll hear an update. I think they're doing MRI this next week. Monday. So, you know, by the time this airs, we should know for sure. Well, hopefully we're listening back on this laugh and saying, man, right. we were worried for nothing. For nothing. All right. Well, let's move on to this next week here. Let's fire up the can't wait segment. Can't wait. Chuck, what about this next week makes you say I can't wait? Well, I don't want to double dip, but I'm going to. Um, I, I'm going to see if we can catch lightning in a bottle twice and see if, you know, that was uh, uh, Nick Monastere just a, a fluke or if he really is, you know, as good with the bat and glove as we think he is and definitely as good as we hope he is um so i'm gonna see if if he's in the lineup this weekend what he does so that's my can't wait just to see if nicholas continues to ride the hot hand i think second base and starting pitcher are two things that i i'm interested to see what happens when we get to the weekend wouldn't you agree joel absolutely we need somebody really big stepping up out of the bullpen that's starting pitching 
to shutting folks down. Second baseman, I heard y'all talking about the the question between Gabe or Creek, and I was kind of torn. Like at first, I was like, when they first asked it, I was like, oh, Creek all day, and I was like, wait a minute. And then you started talking about Lacey and his popping his bat and all that, and I was like, that makes perfect sense too. And then I'm in a group chat with some guys that uh, we got all the games and stuff with, and um, we've been talking about Creek and stuff. And then we found out when Monastery was going to get the start, and Avery Nobles goes, "I'm calling it now. He's having a monster game." And sure enough, a triple right out of the right out of the gate. So it was great. What was up with that stumbling on the way to third, though? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> right in front of right in front of their dugout too. <laughs> he got up like laughing. The slide. <laughs> the slide was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if y'all listeners, if y'all haven't seen his triple yet, go look at he tripped on the bag at second. And the whole way to third, he looks like he's trying to take off and fly. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh. That was a good one there. All right. Joel, what about this next week makes you say you can't wait? I can't wait to get back to Pete Taylor Park. I have missed being there. My little group, we've got a a little ritual for every batter that comes up, and we've given nicknames to everybody, and it's just we can't wait to be back. Do you care to share any of the rituals or nickname? Maybe I want to partake. I'm, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Maybe we can well, help I, this thing go. I actually think you saw us uh, – do the one for uh, for Etzel. All right, so Etzel looks like these wrestling brothers called the Briscoe brothers. And he looks just like them with his beard and everything else. And I never so noticed bats. that till you said he something. He does. Yeah. And so he bats first, and so every time he comes up, we just stand up and acknowledge him like he's the tribal chief. And if we ever want him to have a monster game, we'll we'll diss him a little bit. Be like, come on, Edsel, you're really the tribal chief. And then all of a sudden, he'll go four for five that game or whatever. And like nicknames for folks like Danny Earl for for Lynch. And uh, we call Dustin Dirty Dick, like Dirty Dick Murdoch, you know? <laughs> yeah. He's got that swag about him, so we call him Dirty Dick. Yeah. And it just uh, – you know, we just, you know, little nicknames and stuff like that. But you'll see us at the at the field, and you can see what we do. Just turn around and look down the third base line up top, and you'll see us whenever Etzel comes up. We'll stand up and hold up our ones to the sky. All right. I might have to join you in that ritual. You need to. Acknowledge me. That'd be good stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I used to call Dustin Dusty Dick to my wife, nudge me, and said, that's enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it was a play on his name. It, was it is. I mean, you know. I didn't mean it bad. No, when we don't either, because you've, if you watched old school wrestling, you'll know that yeah. Dirty Dick Murdoch would talk crap to everybody, but then would go out and prove why he was talking crap to everybody, you yeah. know, talking smack. And it's kind of, you know, like uh, Cameron said, Dusty kind of plays with the little swag, which you kind of got to have at that at that spot you know he and does and i like it though i like the swag he plays with i do too man i really do i mean <laughs> west jones boy i don't i don't know him personally but you know one of my claims to fame is that i got to coach you and i got to coach trey sutton when i was at west jones so yeah you know trey's a little bit bigger flex than i am <laughs> yeah <laughs> his career panned out a little bit better than mine did <laughs> <laughs> well, that I appreciate dude, man. you throwing my name in there with him. But but he was he was different though. Like he'd get in a cage and he would just be 
messing on the ball, just straight, just, and what am I doing wrong? And, you know, Coach Wade Clark would be like, I don't know, Trey, he's just hitting piss missiles up the, in the middle of the cage, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know. Go fix it yourself, Trey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you only batted 500 your senior year. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, I guess that leaves it to me then. My uh, my can't wait is I can't wait to see if our softball team can get our first conference win this weekend. We're going up against a ULM team that is four and eight in the conference. Uh, they're twenty and twenty one overall. And I'm looking at them, and offensively, I think so. Their offense is not that impressive to me and i hate to say that live on air necessarily but when you look at their offense guys there's nothing there to really be that nervous about like i think morgan linestock could be in line for a huge game against ulm uh and i think we got shots pull out a win or two here and get our name on the board in conference play yeah, our ladies need a win. They they need it bad. They, they're not playing bad. It's just the ball's not bouncing their way. It's funny how that happens in baseball and softball. It is. And I think Chuck, you're going to talk to us a little bit about all that and a little coming up next, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, let's go ahead and dive into the rundown. Beep, Did I say it right. Hey, and we got a sell bite. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. I got to say it right from now on. All right. We're going to dive into the rundown. And guys, before we dive into baseball and softball, I need to throw out a few Southern Miss alums that deserve a little acknowledgement, a little acknowledge me here for some Golden Eagles, if you will. So today we're recording on Sunday. So today. Matt Walner made his season debut for the Minnesota Twins. He got called up. It was in response to an injury by one of their outfielders, but he got called up and he started today in their game versus the Astros. Uh, He got hit by a pitch, ended up only registering two official at bat, struck out in one, and in the other one he, he hit the ball but still got out. So he was 0 for 2 on the day. Um, like I said, did reach base, though. He was hit by a pitch in his first at bat. Uh, it's just good to see him back up there, man. Hopefully he does good enough to, to stick this time around. And then another Golden Eagle that deserves a little acknowledgement here would be Kirk McCarty. Now, we talked last time about how Kirk had moved overseas and he's pitching in a different league overseas. Well, he pitched on April 9th, and he's in the KBO League, Korean Baseball. He pitched on April 9th. He pitched six innings of shutout, one-hit ball. Six innings, gave up only one hit, had a shutout when they pulled him. Uh, Two walks, four strikeouts on the day. Their team ended up getting the win. Big day by Kurt McCarty. Way to go. Good job by him. And that was good for him because he got touched up a little bit in his first start of the season, so he needed that little rebound. He cut his ERA in like by like three times what it was before the game. So huge game by Kirk McCarty. Not surprised. Great talent there. 
Um, and then the last one, this isn't an alum, uh, but he did play basketball here this past season. We talked a lot about him. Austin Crowley has announced, has declared himself eligible for the draft this year in basketball. This is big for Southern Miss for our program because the last guy to get drafted in basketball from Southern Miss goes all the way back to 1992, Clarence Weatherspoon. So the the thought of getting another basketball guy drafted from our university is pretty awesome. Obviously, we wanted to enjoy AC a little bit longer than we have, but good luck to him. I hope he gets drafted, and I hope we break this long streak and not have anybody get drafted. So when he declared and said uh, with his eligibility remaining, does that mean if he doesn't like where he gets drafted, he stays, or how does that work? Do you know? I think so. The way it read, like the way it read, I think I'd have to go back and see it. Let me look at it and see. I know I sent it to y'all to somebody in a message, but let me see here. Cause the way it read was kind of funny. Cause he worded it like that. He wasn't coming back, but I don't know what would happen if he did not get drafted. Let me read it here. What he said was he will be entering his name into the 2023 NBA draft while retaining his collegiate eligibility. So to retain his eligibility would mean that if he didn't get drafted, I would think he's coming back. So um, he did give like a thank you to Golden Eagle Nation and all that stuff, which I hope that means... I hope that's just him assuming he's going to well, get drafted. you know, there's not a, his a way rumor, saying, and you know how rumors you know? are, um, that if he doesn't get drafted, he is going to the portal. So uh, I don't know that that's true. I don't. I can't verify yeah. that, um, but that's just what what we've been told. Well, not knowing the portal rules, didn't he come out? Didn't he? That's how we got him, right? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping the whole thank you Eagle nation and all that stuff was just his way of saying, I'm confident I'm getting drafted. I hope that wasn't his way of saying, if I don't get drafted, I'm gone. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm hoping we don't have to worry about that. And I hope he just gets drafted and we can just assume he was coming back. (laughs) I want to assume the best, right? Chuck? You know what happens when you assume? Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's dive into some softball action. Chuck, catch us up in softball world. Well, I wish I had. Well, I guess I do get, I have good news. They did break their, their losing streak, but unfortunately, they've started on another one. Um, so the Lady Eagles beat Nichols um, State, but then they lost, dropped two two games to Texas State. I think the third got rained out. So they are 0-11 on the season. And conference, uh, I believe 50, 16 and 15 or 15 and 16 for uh, for the year. Um, I, I don't know. 16 and 17. 16 and 17. That's what yep. it is. Yeah. So uh, I think if I did the math right, we have to win every single remaining uh, tournament game to break uh, break above 500 to you know to have a a winning season in the conference yeah we kind of got the deck stacked against us at this point 
But you know, uh, Morgan Linestock still pitching her heart. And these aren't these aren't blowout games. Like I think both losses this weekend were like four to three. Um, so these are like one run, two run, maybe three run games. Occasionally they'll get blown out, but uh, I think we're just a a few a few adjustments away from from figuring it out. Yeah, and you know you hate to see this big of a skid here because you just know they worked hard to get to where they are and what they're right. doing here. Um, some notable players on our team still. Jana, Jana Lee is still has an OPS of over a thousand. She's hitting three ninety eight on the year with three home runs. Uh, Hannah Borden would be the next one with a nine oh six OPS. She's got a three oh two batting average, four home runs. Your home run leaders, Natalie Taylor, with six. Um, Blaine, just for fun, uh, you know, a lot of people may not know what OPS is. So why don't you tell them what OPS is? So what OPS is, so you got on-base percentage, and that's kind of, to me, OPS is the first thing I look at to tell me what hitter is their best hitter. It's the first thing I look at because what you do is you take an on-base percentage, which is uh, basically looking at every time they get on base. So on-base percentage takes into account walks, whereas uh, batting average does not. So. Like, if I get walked in a baseball game right now, that at bat technically doesn't go down in the books, but my OPS, but my on-base percentage goes up because I did get on base. I don't get a hit or anything off of it. So OPS is taking that on-base percentage plus slugging percentage, and all slugging percentage is is it takes into account how many extra base hits I had, like doubles, triples, home runs. It takes that into account, and OPS is just adding those two together. So, generally speaking, an OPS of over like 800 to 900 is pretty good. Like in Major League Baseball, a person with an OPS in the 800s is like elite, is like one of the better baseball players in Major League Baseball. Um, softball, you know, the stand basically, I look when I see people the teams we play i look at ops and the ones above a thousand i know that dude that that kid is somebody we need to be watching for big time like that's their best player that's what i look for so did i explain that well chuck i know you're a baseball guy you should i, I think that. he i think you did pretty well man pretty well joel did i explain it with joel could probably have explained it better than any of us no i think he did a great job explaining that it that's that's right. pretty accurate yeah so that's the first thing I look at when evaluating another team's hitters to talk to you guys. And looking at OPS here for the team we're playing, ULM, this weekend, the big one is uh, Ashlyn Ard, number 18 for them. Her OPS is 919. She's their best OPS on their team. She's batting 299. That OPS is up there because of seven doubles, two triples, and five home runs. So. She uh she's their home run leader and she has a 299 basically a 300 batting average so they got two girls batting over 300 in Lords Bacon and Kennedy Johnson but like I said guys their offense doesn't really scare me that bad it's the pitching staff that's been good for them uh Adriana Chavaria is their best pitcher number 24 
we're going to have our work cut out for us there. It'd be nice to see Jana and, uh, you know, Jana and company get off and, and, and get some good hits against her. Hannah, Jana, boy, they rhyme, don't they? And Natalie, it'd be nice to see them have a big day against her because that's going to be a tough game offensively for us. And that's my statistical analysis of this upcoming softball weekend. Joel, Chuck, y'all want to add anything to it? Well, like, like Chuck said, the one-run games, like they're not getting blown out as much, but, you know, it's just a little hit here, you know, getting a hit with runner in scoring position, stuff like that. We just got to get a break every now and then. That's right. Y'all ready to move on to some baseball? Absolutely. Do it. All right, so this past week, guys, our Golden Eagles started out the week with a win against Southeastern Louisiana at home, a 10-6 to win, and then went on the road to Old Dominion, who was number one in the conference, guys, the number one team in the Sun Belt. Um, we went to their place, and we took two of three. So big weekend for us, guys, a uh, big statement weekend, I feel like chance to kind of topple the standings a little bit and we did just that um if you look at the conference rankings right now uh louisiana and coastal carolina they're sitting on top at nine and three overall old dominions at eight and four and we're coming in at seven and five so we're in fourth right now yeah it was uh Go ahead. It was big to take two or three from from Old Dominion when they're at the top and their batting averages, their home run totals, their starting pitching. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the good news is, so we took two or three from Old Dominion. You would think we'd have any tiebreaker if it comes down to us and them. And Louisiana and Coastal's coming up next on our schedule. So, guys, we're in the middle of a conference championship run here. Uh, could definitely – make a big statement by keeping on just winning games like we've been doing. And scoring so, those runners. With runners in scoring position, it was almost as bad as third and one in football. Yeah. You know, and they we actually yeah. got strung some hits together and knocked some pitchers out of the game and was able to score some runs in bulk. Yeah, man. Scoring 11 runs on, uh, Saturday and scoring 10 runs on Tuesday, those were big, big signs for us, I think. so. Hopefully we can keep this trend going here and keep popping some runs across the plate. Even the game we lost, we scored seven. We just gave up one too many. And had runners in scoring position, too, at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So very well. We were, guys, we were two runs away from having a 4-0 week. So we're close. We're close. Uh, Obviously, a key injury here would be Matt Adams. He got hurt. So... We we talked last week about how we were interested to see what would happen to the pitch and rotation. I think we got our answer to that when uh we moved Nico Maza out of the weekend rotation and we moved um and we moved Billy Oldham into the weekend rotation. I think we got the answer on that, but then we got Matt Adams hurt. So you know, gotta gotta hear back from what's going on there to know what's gonna happen in the weekend rotation and even midweek starter for this week. Um we'll be interesting to see though. Hopefully we'll get some good news on Matt. Uh I think Slade Wilkes went down with an injury too, huh? 
think he got hit on the hand or something with a pitch or something like that. Yeah. I think Scott said on the post game show that Wilkes was okay. Yeah. So certainly hope guys, a, a big key to this conference run that we're trying to go on is health of our players. So hope, hopefully they're fine and they'll be good to go. Slamming Slade. Yeah. Slade has been on a tear. We need him in the lineup. For and I'll sure. tell you what else we need is somebody out of the bullpen to just close these suckers down. Like we don't have that yeah. dominant performer coming out of the bullpen to shut the other team down. Yeah. We've been lacking in that a little bit. We have. So uh our team leaders right now going into this week, Slade Wilkes OPS is one point <laughs> he's his OPS is over a thousand. His is one point two oh five. I mean wow. impressive. Right. And so his is going to be one of the highest in the conference. Probably he's got to be in the hunt for player of the year in the conference right now. You would think. Um, yeah. Dustin Dickerson. Actually, no, Danny Lynch is coming in second with a nine thirty nine OPS. Danny Earl. Um, yeah. Danny Earl with them five home runs and the eight doubles. And then Dustin Dickerson's coming in after him with a 918 OPS, 322 average with two home runs. You know, those two home runs, he's probably hit the fence, I don't know, five times. He did it three times, I think, in the Illinois series in right field. Yeah, well, like, a guy like Dustin who doesn't homer very much, to have his OPS over 900 is impressive. It really is. It tells you just how many doubles he's getting and, and triples and stuff like he's. He's turning in. He's turning some extra base hits in for sure, and keeping that average. Yeah, he's high, definitely so. thinking two out of the gates. Yeah, yeah, and that's been he's been solid all year right there. So that's been good. Uh, our opponents this week, guys, we got Alabama for a midweek game coming up. Looking at their team, guys, they got three dudes who can straight up hit. Man, they got three dudes with OPSs over a thousand. Um, two of them have over 10 home runs uh number 16 colby shelton he uh he's batting 291 with 12 homers uh number 18 drew williamson he's batting 368 with 10 homers i think he's probably their best player tommy seedle uh number 20 he's batting get this his batting average is 422 with three home runs they got a guy hitting over 400 uh, most of their entire lineups either in the three hundreds or the two nineties. Um, big offensive bunch will be up against on Tuesday night. So our pitching staff will have their hands full. Definitely need a big outing out of them. I think the pitcher we'll be seeing is Jacob McNary, but the pitching situation's been interesting at Bama this year. They've only got one maybe two really good pitchers and then after that a lot of them are falling off so i watched after our game yesterday after our games yesterday i watched uh state and alabama play because i knew we were playing alabama tuesday night just to get a look and those dudes can stroke those three that you were just talking about there's a kid on alabama's team that actually went to high school at wayne academy will hodo and he was in the starting lineup earlier this year as a dh and i don't know what he's doing now but mississippi boy over there Oh, yeah. I didn't realize Hodo went over there. Mm-hmm. So, it's good. It's good info there. Yeah, they, uh, they can hit. And then you go to, you go to the weekend series against James Madison. Guys, I'm gonna, I'll shoot you straight, man. They're 19 and 12 overall, five and five in the conference. You got a shot here to get a sweep. 
And we need, we a, need sweep. a sweep. I think I you want to win every series for sure. I would love to see us get a sweep here. One guy we got to watch for is number 13. He's a great player for them. Fenwick Trimble is his name. He's batting 369 with nine home runs. His OPS is up there by Slades with 1.206. After him, they got number 30, Kyle Novak, and number 20, Trayvon Dabney. Good players there in their own right, too. They Those are their better offensive players, but Trimble's the one you got to watch for. He'll make you tremble when he comes to the plate, Chuck. Any, any relation no. to Reed? I don't think so. Uh, let me click on him and see where he's from, where this kid's from. No, he's from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Kind of looks like, kind of looks like Reed though. He's from Virginia Beach, Virginia. I don't think Reed's ever been to Virginia Beach. He might have, but I don't think so. Uh, their pitching staff. Kind of a mixed bag there of things. They've got Ryan Murphy is one we'll for sure see over the weekend. After him, Jack Cohn is another one. After him, it's kind of, they've mixed and matched a little bit for that Sunday game all year, it appears. So but those will be the two that we for sure see. Um, guys, their pitching staff is, they got a couple good bullpen arms, but aside from that, we should have an opportunity to hang some runs this weekend. So, a uh, big opportunity, guys. We could go 4-0 this week if our pitching holds up in the midweek game and if our offense can take advantage of their pitching staff this weekend. You got a shot for a 4-0 week, and that'd be Tuesday huge. Tuesday night for sure. We got to, whenever our pitchers got to work low in the zone, don't leave anything belt high. Yeah. If you do, they will deposit they will. it. <laughs> out of the ballpark. So, well, anything else on baseball, guys, mm-hmm. or softball, or any Golden Eagle sports in general? Just looking forward to some more baseball. Me too, man. I do want to throw this out there. Our tennis team had a – the men's tennis team had a big win over Louisiana Lafayette the other day. I think the final was 6-1 to one winning sets, which is an absolute blowout in tennis. So – uh, well done by those guys. So tennis and track and field, man, they're crushing it right now. So definitely want to give them some shout outs and give them some love. Absolutely. Go watch a softball game if you haven't seen one yet. Well, uh, anything else wrapping up lane, uh, Joel, any other final thoughts? I just want to thank y'all for letting me come and talk some Southern Miss to the top with y'all. Hey, man, we appreciate you having you come on any time you want to. Absolutely, I will. Shoot us. You got our numbers now, so shoot us a message. Absolutely. When Matthew Edsel comes to the plate, everybody, give him the one. You got to acknowledge him. One finger. Acknowledge him. No doubt. (laughs) If you don't know what that means, literally make a number one and hold it up over your head. That's all you got to do. You'll look really. Literally do that. (laughs) Literally. Literally. You'll look really cool. That's what we'll be doing. Exactly. Yes. Well, all right. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Lane. And thank you, Pate, for making us sound and look good. And thank you, listeners, for all your questions. Keep them coming. Uh, We will meet y'all at the Pete this weekend. And until then, Southern Miss to the to the top.
Thank you for checking out the Everyday Eagles podcast, the podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Be sure to subscribe and follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and share this podcast with a fellow Golden Eagle. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. To learn more about the podcast or to inquire about being a guest on the show, visit our website at edepodcast.com. Thanks again for joining us today. We will catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.